people i told you spectacular slovakia would be back very soon so here we are welcome to this very special episode on peter hopovac this time it's going to be less about travel more about leaving your home country for good and becoming an immigrant in a new world say in slovakia in a second i'll be joined by this young woman to talk about her experience salam man nastanan astam komedian irani ahl tehran و الان در حال حاضر بیشتر از 10 ساله که دارم در اسلوواکی زندگی میکنم. Hi, my name is Nasi and uh, I'm an Iranian comedian originally from Tehran and I've been living in Slovakia for more than 10 years. Nasi's family arrived in Slovakia in 2010. They didn't need to but they wanted to. For a better future which Iran, a country of more than 80 million people in the Middle East couldn't provide for them at that time. Nasi was just 15 years old. Today She's not just a talented stand-up comedian, but also one of the Fusion Festival faces. We're going to speak about the festival, organized by Milan Shemechka Foundation as well. But first, let's go back to Iran, its capital Tehran, to the year 2010 to meet 15-year-old Nasi. It was crowded, <laughs> it was busy, and it was filled with a lot of pollution. But it was, it was a huge city. It was like, from what I remember, this is also one of the, let's say, culture shocks that I experienced more or less when I first arrived to Slovakia was that when you move from a city that has a population of 20 million people, 13 million during the night, because people travel back and forth um, to a city with half a million people, it was, it was quite an interesting change of style let's say what about, what about your routine because you were 15 you it was went a to very school. typical routine yeah I, this is also one of the questions that i personally don't know how to like answer i understand that there is like a um mystery to it obviously but it was just like a regular life even in a country that's been ridden by like whether like it's Syria, like it's civil war or Haiti that like experienced a massive natural disaster, people still continue to live. Even if like the political, social or economic situation isn't as ideal as it should be. Even right now, for example, when there's like a massive COVID crisis where every 15 minutes someone in Iran passes away because they didn't have access to healthcare or vaccine, people still get up, go to work, go to school. And like we try to, fight on and try to normalize life as much as we can. That was what it was like for me as well. Back then, I remember my parents discussing the fact that the economic situation was getting worse and worse, and they already were not satisfied with the political and social situation, especially for me as a young girl. They were not very happy about it, but as the economic situation was getting worse, as the inflation was beginning to genuinely impact our lives, I still like got up every day, went to school, did my homework, <laughs> did my after-school activities, and then I came back home and... But there are those little things that people remember from their childhood. Um, do you have those little things? I don't know. I remember my primary school teacher. I have very fond memories of her. One thing that I do remember, one of my favorite activities was when I would finish school, I would go home, I would get ready as fast as I could, pick up my um kit whether i was going to my swimming lessons or going to my karate lessons one of the main reasons why i even had after school activities which like my parents didn't really know why i picked so many after school activities was because 
on my way out of the house around the corner there was this shop that had like the best snacks and i would always just <laughs> i would essentially like pick up after school activities because of the snacks because like during the summertime they had like this amazing like crushed ice with like syrup and during the winter they had this amazing like um baked corn with like all kinds of sauce and spices that they would serve in a cup and i essentially just I think I just picked up after school activities just so I can go to that shop every day. <laughs> Have a reason to like get out of the house. Um, and when parents told you that, you know, there's going to be a day when we're going to leave Iran because we want to, we have to. Yeah. Um, did you have any expectations? Did you look forward to moving out of Iran and coming to yeah. well, Slovakia? Yeah, I think I look forward to it more than I was like concerned. Mm. I knew that people were leaving the country even before the Islamic revolution. Migration from Iran was never a new thing. Again, when my parents also mentioned that we we're about to leave Iran, I was like, "Oh, okay. Where are we going?" And they said, "Europe. We're going to Slovakia." And I was like, "Okay, okay, cool, cool, cool. I'm happy. I'm excited." But I was 15. I didn't necessarily understand what it meant to never go back and live there again. I was just like, "Oh, cool. We're going away." Mm. That's that's how much I understood back then. And now, as I assume you travel back to Iran now and then. Yeah, every now and then. So, uh, how how do people look on you when you when you come back? Like are you, I'm are a you... little bit more foreign than, <laughs> <laughs> which is like it's fair, it's true. I live somewhere else now. I've like integrated into a whole new society. Yeah. Outside of Iran, so it's perfectly natural. Of course, people tease me and everything, but it's also very fair that I am the way that I am now, which is like a lot less Iranian than I used to be. When you were here, like in those first years here here in Slovakia, did you ever want to go back to Iran because you didn't like it here? Maybe, but it was morally it was mostly because of the lack of familiarity. Mm -hmm. It was because. It took me a really, really long time to like crack the shell of the Slovaks. <laughs> and maybe you missed the shop as well. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, what about those challenges you had to face? And obviously, language—that's the biggest challenge. Mm. I always say this that this was also the key. Like once you learn the language, which again is is very sweet of Slovaks to realize or to acknowledge the fact that their language is very hard so even if you don't speak it fluently or well enough they're very like patient about it and they want to teach you and help you as much as they can mm. uh so that's that was always sweet but for me language was key but also because language doesn't necessarily give you a way to communicate with people it gives you a look into people's geographical and political background and history like when i was learning let's say various slovak phrases like každý den je nedela which means like not every day is sunday it gives you a hint as to how like culturally people are attached to the concept of sunday and mm. how people uh pr like review productivity so i would say language was the key that helped me really genuinely get to know and understand slovaks better was it that thing that like make you made your integration uh, easier yes for sure for sure but it took a long time it took a lot of effort and mostly because i didn't want to attend classes <laughs> i just just oh, the, getting to like logically understand the grammar took a really really long time so i just decided that i'm just gonna learn a more in a more natural manner so i started working and and like uh 
there when, uh, for example, I started working at McDonald's when I was like 17. Mm -hmm. That's where I got a lot of experience in getting to work with people who only spoke Slovak. And that was really a good chance for me to like actually get to speak with people without any like, you know, um, cheat codes <laughs> from people who spoke English. And what about, I don't know, racism or loneliness, you know, mental health because there's a 15-year-old girl? I mean, as a 15-year-old girl especially, I would say I didn't experience it as directly as maybe my older brother who was a 19-year-old bearded kid. Maybe even my little brother experienced something more than I did because I feel like I, in many ways, shape and form, I have this very invisible or very visible, let's say, privilege that I don't get to see, I don't get that uh, same instant or first reaction as my brothers or my father does. I feel like as women, we come off as less dangerous in terms of stereotyping. But then again, of course, I experienced uh, discrimination, racist like slurs and things like that. And for a 15-year-old, it can be a bit much, but I think I was one of the maybe least um, targeted ones in my family or in general as like Iranians living here in Slovakia. However, it's not to say in any way, shape or form that people are not racist or discriminatory. And also good to mention that um, whether or not I experienced something like this, my parents always prepped me in advance and taught me from a young age that discrimination and racism exists in every country mm. and that people are bound to categorize you one way or the other. Let's talk about Fusion Festival because that's one of the events where foreigners can come together and yeah. celebrate, but also Slovaks, they can come and get to know foreigners. Yeah. Um, you have been part of the festival for how long? Since 2015. Is it important, the festival, to you? Very much. I remember when I first heard about Fusion, I didn't... I, I was so curious. I was like, I didn't even know Slovaks cared about foreigners that much to create such a festival. And that there is a whole like uh, organization called Nadatia Mila Shimanchku that's like responsible for this. It was so interesting. And then I'm like, I remember back then it was already like 10 years that they had been doing it. And now they're this year they're celebrating their 16th year. And it's it's fascinating because even before I was here, they were doing this and they were trying their best to find some sort of a bridge of communication through cultural exchange with the foreigners and also trying to get the foreigners to like interact with Slovak culture in such a context. It was really lovely. Speaking of this year's edition, what do you look forward to the most? Ooh, <laughs> not to toot my own horn, but I will. Uh, there's, there's this um, event called Humans of Fusion which I think it started maybe two years ago, this this particular event where they kick off the festival and they pick out specific foreigners that are currently resident in Slovakia and are integrated into Slovak society and they get to tell their stories. And each year they attempt to do this like introduction of people with a specific theme in mind. And this year we're talking about borders and I'm I'm hosting the event, but... One of my favorite things about this whole thing is that we get to discuss the differences of individual and societal borders through people's stories. And we make it both personal and also like relatable all at once. And it's I think that's one of my favorite things about the whole event is that we get to meet people and it doesn't have to necessarily be 
let's say, uh, in the context of like a PowerPoint presentation, like, okay, look at this person. Look, yeah. they're here. They're not from here, but they live here. So congratulations to us and to them for them living here. I get this sort of exploration of identity at these events really, like, I, I'm looking forward to it and I'm hoping that the people will like it too. The last time I went to the festival, I saw you do a stand-up comedy. Is it oh, something, really? yeah, is it something you're going to do this year as well? Or? Yes. Yeah. I'm also hosting a discussion on uh, comedy and borders because the overall theme of Fusion Festival this year is borders. Mm. And I decided to discuss the concept of stand-up comedy and borders and how humor can be therapeutic, but it can also be a very triggering thing for many people. So I'm, uh, I've invited two other comedians, including my older brother, who helped me get into stand-up comedy, and Matej Makovitsky, who's one of like the prominent faces of Sil Nerechi. And I'm going to be discussing this with them in, in English and in Slovak. And then right after that, we're going to have a stand-up comedy show. <laughs> um, what does it mean for you to do this stand-up comedy? Is it like fun or Not at something, all. <laughs> more, something deeper? It's incredibly nerve-wracking. No, it's, um, it, is, it is really fun. It, it started out as a hobby. And now the fact that I get to like also possibly look into career options <laughs> is really, really awesome. For me, it's a format of therapy. It, as I said, it started out as like a fun hobby where I get to go on stage and like tell jokes and make people giggle. But now it's a chance for me to reflect on who I am and how I can show that to other people in order to like find a connection with them. It's interesting because, you know, I'm an immigrant and I'm not just any kind of immigrant, you know. I'm uh, from a Bliski Vichod, which makes me a Vichodnyarka. <laughs> Which means, as a východnyarka, an immigrant, here in Bratislava, I'm stealing twice as many jobs. In the videos I saw, mm -hmm. um, I got the feeling that you usually talk about Slovakia, Slovaks, and you, mm -hmm. you're trying to compare, maybe, Slovaks yeah. and Iranians. But mostly it's Slovakia and Slovaks. Why mm -hmm. not more of Iran? I mean, culture. I I do have a lot of Iranian uh, contexts and Iranian jokes as well. They're just not online. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But uh, yeah, I like I I talk about that too. But I try to focus on my life as it is now. I mm -hmm. try not to delve too much into my past or make uh, everything about the fact that I'm like just Iranian and everything. And like, in fact, I'd like to reflect more on my identity as a foreigner resident in Slovakia, not just Iranian, because I think I can reach a much wider audience with that. Yet I try not to like sacrifice too much originality just so I can be relatable. So I do want to focus on like my Iranian culture and my mm. Iranian roots. But again, I don't want to make that the only thing that's like, that is what I am. I also try to stray a little further away from being an immigrant in Slovakia these days, because I've been doing stand-up again since 2016 as well. And I don't want to, I don't want my whole identity to be like, oh, it's that immigrant chick that does stand up. <laughs> so. um, how do people perceive you when you do the stand up? And I mean, people here in Bratislava, but also I assume you do some shows outside Bratislava. Yeah. Is there a difference? Yeah, but also not necessarily. The difference is that obviously uh, when I do shows outside of Bratislava in like smaller cities that have a very small population of foreigners or almost none, <laughs> then yeah, it's it's a really strange reaction when like, you know, there's four white male comedians going on stage and then me popping up. People are like, uh, are you lost? 
you sure you're supposed to be there? And then like when I tell my jokes and everything, people start to react in a very lovely way, but also sometimes they can they can come up afterwards and ask really ridiculous questions, which is okay. I welcome it. Like obviously they haven't met somebody like me and that's fine. But uh, in Bratislava, I would say, especially after my older brother started doing stand-up and everything, I would say the reactions are less like, you know, People are not in shock as much as mm. they would be usually. Now let's go away from stand-up comedy. Is it difficult to be a foreigner? Or was it difficult at that time when you came here? I think it's always difficult to be a foreigner, regardless. You make a decision to leave behind something that, whether or not you invested in or not, you naturally create a home where you're born as mm -hmm. as much as you can i guess which may not be the case for every foreigner out there but i think for a lot of us it's such a difficult decision to leave it's gonna be difficult for a really long time as well it's not so, it's not like i've been living here for over a decade now and i can very easily say that yes my identity is now fully slovak or my identity is now fully iranian there's no such thing and this this crisis of identity will probably continue for the rest of my life and it is difficult but it's not something that's going to stop me from continuing my life here it's not some sort of barrier that should stop any foreigner from like going on do you think that you will feel like a slovak one day i don't think i even want to <laughs> <laughs> I mean that in the least <laughs> offensive <laughs> way possible. I, even if, like, because I tried that actually when I was younger, when I was like 15, 16, I could see that I don't necessarily fit in right away. So I was, I just wished that I was born here in Slovakia. So I didn't have this many difficulties and everything. And I had like very edgy thoughts about how I don't want to be Iranian anymore. So I stopped speaking Persian to my parents, which wasn't that unnatural because my parents are both English teachers, but they were kind of uncomfortable with the fact that I was only speaking in English to them at home. So I stopped speaking uh, Persian. I stopped listening to Persian music. I like I started to really just ignore my past and pretend like I'm I'm reborn and, and I'm definitely not Iranian. But that was such a wrong move in the wrong direction. Because eventually, after a few years, I realized that once I found the right people, especially, that there was no need for me to sacrifice my roots or eliminate my past identity so that I can, you know, feel like I belong here or feel like I have a home here. If I asked you, what is your home? What would you say? It's with the people I feel comfortable with. <laughs> I can give you my address as well here in Bratislava, but that's not going to be my home. <laughs> Can we can we finish this podcast with a little bit of uh, literature? Because I read one interview with you, and yeah. I think you said that one of the things you would like people in Slovakia to know about uh, when speaking of Iran, that's Persian literature, Persian culture. Yeah. Can you read something for us? It's a bit of a depressing thing, but uh, I'll, I'll do my best to keep it as light as possible. It's from a very famous poet called Sohrab Sepehri, uh, who was a painter and a poet, and it was one of the first few books that my mother introduced to me when I was a young girl and she said this will help you better understand the scope of human emotion so that you can actually like understand that you don't have to just be happy or sad or like angry your emotions have depth and range so this one is called Margerang Dirgahi ist ke darin tanhayi rang khamushi dar tarh labast bangi az dur mara mi khanad 
لیک پاهایم در غیر شب است. رخنه ای نیست در این تاریکی در و دیوار به هم پیوسته. سایه ای لغزد اگر روی زمین نقش وهمی است زبندی رسته. نفس آدم ها سر بر به سر به سر افسرده است. روزگاری است در این گوشه هوا پژمرده و مرده است. So basically this poem which goes on for a lot longer is about um, finally admitting and acknowledging the fact that um, you are not happy and you are experiencing depression. It's not necessarily just sadness, it's fatigue, it's the inability to have motivation and going on. And I think it was a very important poem also for for immigrants. I think that sometimes you just have to acknowledge the fact that it's okay You're unhappy. You have. You are allowed to feel a range of emotions. You made a big decision to leave your home, and you may not feel entirely happy right away after you move. So it's okay to acknowledge that. Yeah, you're not entirely happy, but that doesn't mean that this is like you know, the end, and that there's no like bridge that you can cross anymore. <laughs> You don't have to necessarily understand the language to feel poetry. It's like with music, I guess. I'm glad that we had a chance to listen to those lines. Thank you, Nasi. And thank you to you, dear listeners, for lending your ear. Don't forget, the Fusion Festival kicks off on the 16th of September and ends on the 25th. Nasi will be there and many other foreigners and Slovaks as well. Hope to see you there. Take care. <laughs>